We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Wednesday, August 30th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football and from Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Andy Barons is here with me. Um, Andy, thanks a lot. And I want to start off with the tough question. Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott's appeal is supposed to last into Thursday now, right? That's the new, latest news. That is the news, yeah. So what do you do? You're drafting tonight. What do you do? Um, I am drafting tonight. And, um, so interesting. It's, it's a, uh, this draft tonight is not a super highly incentivized league, but there's pride on the line. It's like a a big group of, of college friends. Right. So, and I'm, they all have like legitimate real world jobs that normal responsible human beings have. And I'm the guy whose video pops up like with two minutes to go before the draft. And, you know, so there's pressure on me to not have a terrible team every year, like, and every year that I don't win, um, there's, you know, I've won it several times, but I don't win it every year. And every year that I don't win, um, they just really pile on, right? Yeah. Because, it's my, because it's my whole job. <laughs> I get this too. I, I have a, a an AL only baseball league that I've been in. It was the first <laughs> league I joined. This is the 30th season. And for a long time, I was a lot of, you know, second and third all the time. And once I started doing this stuff, it was, do they know, they pay you for this? <laughs> Come on. Do they know how bad you are playing this stuff? It was just, it's, it's brutal when you don't win. So the, uh, 
Yeah. So, the, so this is a, like a 10 man league, right? And I, my stance on Zeke Elliott has basically been, if I'm, if I'm in a league that is of normal size, the kind that is, that represents maybe not most of the leagues that your listeners uh, will play in, but the sort of league that represents most of the fantasy football universe, which happens to be between eight and 12 teams, right? In the, in the, in the greater world of fantasy football, it is very rare for leagues to be bigger than 12 teams. Um, in those leagues, I'm actually really comfortable drafting Zeke, um, in the like late second round, third round. Um, as we get, as leagues get bigger, as the depth gets more extreme, um, as it gets harder and, you know, we have more starting positions to fill. Um, and I, you start to care more about who is the weakest link on your roster, that sort of thing. Right. Um, then I am far less likely to draft him. Um, okay. so if we're in like a 14 team, 16 team, larger league, um, many, many starting spots, I'm, I'm, I'm probably out. Um, okay. then I'm, then I'm thinking like fifth round, sixth round, it's just too hard to carry someone for potentially six weeks. Right. It's just as a practical matter, you know, it takes you through half of the regular season in a smaller league in, you know, again, eight, 10, 12 teams. Um, the waiver wire is just going to be bubbling up with useful players all year. Um, at the end of your draft, you're going to see like five names that you're like, Oh man, that's a good player. Who should I drop? You know, it's just going to be, um, replacement value in those leagues is so high. I'm not, I'm not going to feel that terrible about how I cover the position and then the payoff, of course. And that's the other thing about this league. Like it's not only 10 teams, but most of us make the playoffs. Um, so all I got to do is navigate, you know, the regular season with like a 500 record. I'm in the playoffs. And then I have a guy who might've otherwise been in the number one overall conversation, right? Like I have a guy who's probably going to average a touchdown and a half per game. Um, who's going to give me 110 scrimmage yards per game. And I have him in December when I need him most. Like that's the one thing about, and, and I know that the Zeke situation could get more complicated if he decides to pursue it beyond the appeals process, um, which I can't like imagine wanting this story to drag on for two years, right? Like I, I can't yeah. part of me, part of me thinks there's just no way that's going to happen. But anyway, um, you know, I, he's going to, he's going to miss time in September, we think. And as important as that is, nobody's fantasy title is one in September. They're all one in December and that's when I want him. So in a league of standard size, a really long way to say that in a league of standard size, I'm still interested in him like round two. All right. So do you think, this is a non-fantasy question. And not that we can trust the NFL to do things the right way. But when I heard six-game suspension, I, my first thought was, man, they must really have the goods on him. Right. Yeah. Um, well, there's – maybe that wasn't the end of your question. But there's – this is not about just one thing, right? There are, there are multiple incidents yes. with, um, with one woman. There is another incident that is caught on tape – um, that is not, you know, it's unambiguous. He did what he did. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's horrible. And, and then there's yet another interest. There's like a bar fight. I mean, there's like, there's multiple things going on here, at least two of which have not really been disputed, um, by anyone. So there's, I don't know. I, it's such a, it, it's a pattern of behavior situation. Some of it is really dark and, um, I, I can't, you know, from his perspective, 
I cannot, um, it, this isn't like Tom Brady deflated a football, you know, this, <laughs> which is not, it doesn't really say anything about the personal character of Tom Brady in any way. I mean, maybe whatever, if you're a extreme Jets fan or something, you think it does, but like that, you know, that, that wasn't a bad story to, to have in the news every day for like two years. I can't imagine that anybody around the Cowboys or Zeke Elliott wants the sports world to be talking about this, like two months from now, let alone two years from now. I agree. All right, everybody. Um, before we move on, we want to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the RotoWire Fantasy Football podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's if you haven't done it already. Season's only eight days away. Also, check us out on Twitter. Andy is at Andy Barons. I'm at jhelpin 37 Also, you can tweet us at RotoWire or at RotoWire NFL, where we have player updates, and check us out on Facebook. So, Andy, I have this issue. I've been doing this four days a week for the last month and a half. And you're out of things to say. I can't every day. It's like how much, how many times can I tell people don't draft Marshawn Lynch? How many times? It's terrible. I mean, I'm at, and I go last week, I was going, I literally said, I'm going to take three days off from talking about these players. Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Marshawn Lynch. You know, I mean, Christian McCaffrey. I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. You have saved me because I was looking from, from, from having to talk. I mean, there will be one of those players actually is going to pop up, by the way. But I looked at some of your recent work and you're doing the juggernaut index on Yahoo and you're going through team by team from 32 to one. You're up to number eight. And I kind of thought, you know what? This is an interesting way to do it. This is not the usual. All right. Who are who are the polarizing players? And right. how many times can we <laughs> right, talk about right. it? And, and you have. So I what I'm going to do today, what we're going to do today is we're going to go through three of your most recent teams. Everybody just find Andy's work on Yahoo Sports and check all of these out because they're really in-depth about the fantasy players on, on every team. We still have seven more to go, though. As you and I talked about before we started recording, you know, the, some people won't get least, next even if they don't Even if they don't read it, just click it and yeah. sit on the page for like five minutes. That See? would help me a lot. Thanks. <laughs> so watch whatever video comes up. <laughs> yeah, please. To the end. All right. So we're going to start with the Bengals. Um, and we're both Andy Dalton fans this year. We think right. he's being underrated. Do you, the people, the, the concern I keep hearing is, well, if the offensive line holds up, are you worried about that? Oh, listen, it's a legit concern. I don't think it's the, I don't think it's the overriding factor that has sent his ADP. And again, Yahoo ADPs are different from other ADPs. There's some stuff that gets um, into the mix there that does not exist at other sites, right? Like our auto pick logic and all that. So, but his Yahoo ADP is crazy. It's like 120. It's way outside the top 100. Um, there, like there is a very clean path to Andy Dalton finishing this season as something like a top eight fantasy quarterback. That's not even crazy. He's done it before. Um, single season high in touchdowns is 33. Like this is also a player who uh, last two years and I, you know, people of course remember he was, he was on the fringes of the MVP discussion two years ago, playing really well, got hurt, um, got hurt chasing down his own interception, which is always bad. But like (laughs) last two years, his interception rate has come down dramatically. Um, you know, he came into the league as a guy who was, I don't know who's the right comp. Like he, he was putting up like Eli Manning sort of numbers where it was just always like, there might be a nice touchdown total cause he's thrown a AJ green, but there's also 17 interceptions to go along with it. Right. So like a kind of a sketchy real life quarterback. Well, the last two years he's been single digit interceptions. He's protecting the football. Man, um, you look at you, you look at the weapons surrounding him now. It's healthy AJ Green. It's Tyler Eifert as healthy as he's been in forever. 
um, which is not fully healthy, but kind of healthy. Um, they had John Ross, right. Who, even though I don't necessarily think that John Ross is going to be like an every snap guy early in the season, he still adds a ridiculous field stretching vertical dimension to the offense. Mm -hmm. He's a, he's a very difficult cover if he gets past you, obviously. And then they add a, like a sort of do it all running back in Joe Mixon, who we don't know exactly what his early season workload is going to be, but he's going to be on the field. He's a great pass catcher, super versatile. Like this is a bunch of fun weapons. And I, we know for sure that the offensive line is different, right? They lost a couple of key pieces, um, very expensive linemen, veteran linemen. Um, it, but, you know, like it's probably not going to be as good. It has not looked great at all times in the preseason. We we're assuming that it's going to be like tragic, though. And I don't I don't. <laughs> I don't know that I'm there. You know, they do have a couple of um, moving pieces on the offensive line. Guys are going to be slotted into to sort of marquee, you know, um, spotlight uh, positions that where they can't fail. And it could be a struggle. I, this is a veteran quarterback. Um, it is a it is an incredible team of, uh, of receivers like the support staff for Andy Dalton this year is as good as it has ever been by a long way. I happen to think that A.J. Green is much closer to like Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown than he is to the next tier of receivers that I would start with Mike Evans, right? Like I think AJ yep. Green is great. Um, like absolutely great. Every route, size, speed, everything you want. Um, and I think that matters a lot. And I think having him healthy for a full season matters a lot. And it's just, you know, even if Andy Dalton gets sacked 40 times, it's not going to surprise me a bit if he throws 35 touchdown passes this year. Right. Uh, I'm with you. And, and looking at, just as an example, Eli Manning, all right, numbers weren't great last year, but his line is horrendous, and he has one weapon. Right, right. Yep. And he does kind of okay still. So Dalton, see, Dalton's got, I mean, you know, like you said, there are a lot of weapons there. Um, we also, the other thing with Dalton, not to belabor a point, but like we don't need him to actually do anything that he hasn't already done in his career. I'm not like, there's not a lot, there's not some huge expectant price paid on, on my behalf here. Like he's already thrown 33 touchdown passes in a season. He's already been a 4,200 yard quarterback. He just does those things again with the best weapons he's ever had. And he's a top 10 guy. Yep. I actually, he is my, my QB one in Scott Fishbowl and I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah. So um, I waited on that one. Oh, unlike some, I, I felt like I was missing. Did you play in that? I do. And I have a very difficult time waiting on quarterback in leagues that, I mean, you know, it's a super flex, I guess, technically, but yeah. those for all practical purposes, that's, that's a two quarterback league. Um, I, I never wait. <laughs> I know I didn't want to wait, but then I got to the point where I missed the run where I was on the end of a run. And I kind of went with the, I mean, the scoring system is very unusual. Mm hmm. And I probably didn't analyze it too well beforehand. I just kind of looked and went, oh, maybe I'll change it this way. But then I, I looked at it. And when I was sort of at the end of a run, I said, I'm going to try to zig when other people zag and see what happens. Yeah. And that's why I waited. And I, hopefully it works. But well, Dalton's just a great poll as, uh, you know, if you wait on quarterback and end up with a guy who's going to be a top eight fantasy quarterback, that's that's awesome. Yep. Are right, you talked about John Ross? So I agree with you. He's not I, I he's probably not going to be an every snap guy. He, it, it's an easy, I think the comp I used the other day, I didn't use this comp for Ross. I said that the lazy comp would be to think Ted Ginn, you know, speed. Because mm -hmm. you see the speed and it's ridiculous. And then you think, oh, maybe he's a one trick pony. I, I, I can't say I watched tons of John Ross. Most people seem to think he's not that, that he's a pretty talented receiver. 
what volume, I mean, what kind of volume do you think you're looking for? Yeah, well, this wasn't, you know, his collegiate career was not all, I don't know, gimmicky stuff. It wasn't all like wide receiver screens, anything like that. Like he, you know, I don't know that he ran the full route tree, but he did, he, he did a lot, you know, it wasn't all just deep stuff and it wasn't all just like easy pitch and catch stuff. Um, I expect him in time to be a, a very, very good number two receiver. Um, I don't, I don't like using, I don't know, like there's certain players that I really don't like using as comps, um, at kind of, as you were saying, and like, I, I feel like Deshaun Jackson as the, as the, you know, if everything goes right for John Ross, he's Deshaun Jackson. That's mm-hmm. an easy one to make. But I also feel like DJX, Darren Sproles, handful of other guys, we comp people to them all the time and there's nobody else like them. So I don't, I don't want to be like, you know, to, to date, there has been nobody else like Darren Sproles, right? Like, but we, we call every little running back Darren Sproles. Um, so I don't want to do that with Ross necessarily. Um, I will say that my, you know, one of my, one of my greater worries about him is that, um, you know, he gets in that, uh, playoff semifinal against Alabama. Alabama has like legit NFL bound corners. They're strong, they're big, and, um, he didn't do anything against them. Right. So I think there is a legitimate worry first couple of years of his career. If he, you know, he gets jammed at the line, he's not going to get off that too clean. Um, that's, that's going to be an ongoing problem for him. He also has something, it's not quite like legit world-class speed, but it's very close. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. sports speed is crazy. Um, you, it's crazy. That that is uh, upper limit for speed in NFL history, right? Like that's how fast he is. Um, and even if that were his only um, weapon, that that would be a freaking great weapon. It's a <laughs> you really know, so, ridiculous weapon. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's an absolutely absurd weapon. Um, so I, you know, I feel like the worst case for him is he ends up being a guy who's like. 45 catches, but those 45 catches go for 800 yards or something like that. And a couple of really splashy touchdowns and guys like that end up kind of at that wide receiver three wide receiver four range. But when, you know, when you start them in one of the weeks where they really hit, um, you, you win like they, they almost single-handedly win you two or three weeks out of the, out of the fantasy season. So that's kind of what I expect. All that said, man, I'm, I'm, um, taking a long time to answer questions, but like he's had, shoulder surgery. He missed almost all of the off season program. And even though he comes back late, that's just a lot of time to miss when you're a rookie. Um, right. it's a lot of time to miss. So I'm not, I'm not really looking for much of anything in September, to be honest. I think he, you know, I think he plays behind Boyd and LaFell, which is boring. Um, and I think we see him on the field for a handful of, of sort of, he gets his sub package of plays early in the season and they could be fun. And then he's a guy that you would have, like, if you draft him, you better be all in and you better just, you know, be, be thinking about the second half of the season, not the first. And you might be caught if there's a slow start, you might be seeing him in your, on your waiver wire. Right. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, also he's going to be a fun DFS guy to own later on in the season, I think, cause he'll oh, be cheap. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The other guy I want to talk about, and I want to belabor the point I mentioned earlier, I've been talking about him way too much, <laughs> is Joe Mixon. Um, you noted in, in your piece about the Bengals that he's been part of a committee in the preseason and he's not the leader, or he has not been. Hill's gotten more work than him. Now, Mixon's had some nicks a little bit, but yeah. um, I mean, I, 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 from, from, from the spring, when I looked at Mixon's ADP, I just kept shaking my head. And, like, I get the talent. Um, but right now I'm looking, right now I'm looking at MFL. He's the 17th running back and he's going in the fourth round. And, and for a guy who, who I thought all along might be part of a committee, I, I can't see that. Do you, do you think the committee is going to carry over? 
Well, I, yes. Um, particularly early in the season, I don't like, I feel like Jeremy Hill has pictures on somebody, right? Like Marvin Lewis, <laughs> what like, I don't, I don't get the commitment to Jeremy Hill after two really bad years. And, you know, uh, and a, plus a fumble that lost them a playoff game in the wild card round, right? Like he, <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, what a hugely disappointing player, whether it's, individual mo- like big moments he's let them down and then just carry to carry week to week he's let them down he has not been good for two years um that said they love him at the goal line right he's 10 touchdowns a year um they feed him like few other backs in the nfl are fed inside the five and inside the 10 and i don't think that's going to go away um i do think that in time you know, like in the NFL, we shouldn't we shouldn't care very much about who starts a game, whether it's in the backfield or at receiver or whatever. Guys go on and off the field all the time. Um, teams are in three receiver sets all the time. You, you know, I don't worry about that. I, I do think initially uh, Jeremy Hill probably draws these ceremonial starts and it won't it shouldn't take long for Joe Mixon to leapfrog him in terms of seeing more snaps on early downs. They're still obviously committed to Gio Bernard as a as a passing down guy. They like mm-hmm. him a lot. There's no reason that Joe Mixon can't fill that role in time. He was an excellent receiver in college. Um, although another little sidetrack, I was I had a this like local Chicago media draft last night and Evan Silva came to it to hang out. And we were just talking about how difficult it is to like just watch tape of the big 12 because nobody tackles anybody in the big 12. <laughs> it's like it is my I. I have the biggest problem with it because I get so excited about big 12 players every year who don't do anything in the NFL because it's just like, I, I don't know. They're, I can't – I don't know when the last tackle actually occurred in the big 12, right. but I feel it was like 2014 or something like that. Anyway, um, so <laughs> – but like Joe Mixon was a was a wow player off of the um, collegiate highlight reel. Um, I expect him to ultimately lead this backfield in touches. But again, I don't think he's going to be like some 300 touch guy. He is not. I mean, if his ADP right now is 17 overall at the position, that's that's too rich for me. Yeah, Um, there are. Yeah, I mean, that's just too rich for me. I'm I'm in the I'm in the low 20s on Mixon, um, which actually means that I haven't I I don't own him anywhere yet. Um, And I've had a lot of drafts and I don't know. I don't own him anywhere yet. Um, I'm I don't even love Dalvin Cook, but at this point, it's hard to argue that Dalvin Cook is going to get all the work that he can handle. And that is just simply not the case for Joe Mixon. So I like Mixon as a part of this offense and there are going to be good weeks and bad. But um, I, no, I don't think he should be um, a top 16, top 17 back. Yeah. And I, I, I have issues because of Hill being there. And I agree with you. I, I get that Hill has not has been a big disappointment. But they, like you said, they love him at the goal line. But my issues with Mixon were before we knew how healthy Gio was going to be. And now that oh, that was, so that's okay. a that's a great point. And I actually like, like the first time that I sat down to do ranks this year, which is whatever April May. Um, my just assumption was that we're not going to see Gio Bernard for half a season. I right. mean, this was like a late year, um, usually sometimes catastrophic injury, right? And he's right. and he's back for the start of camp. That's amazing. That's amazing. So that you're right. That does change the equation a great deal. All right. Everybody, we've got to thank our friends uh, Andy and others at Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Did you pay for this sponsorship, or did someone else? 
I did, I did not pay out of my own pocket. No. All right. I'm, I'm paying for it indirectly. <laughs> With Yahoo Fantasy Football, there are endless ways to field the wins each week. Whether it's a winning waiver claim, a winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field. It's football in its funnest, best form, where there's no such thing as excessive celebration. Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play, easy to use on a desktop or on mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. Sign up today at rotowire.com slash Yahoo and download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years in a row. The Yahoo Fantasy app messenger allows for all the witty banter and smack talk that your league can muster. The app is just as extensive as the desktop experience. lets you draft, trade, check waiver options right on your phone. Gives you in-depth player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Switch your league to Yahoo where you can manage your league deuce for free. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football. Rotowire.com slash Yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football. Feel the wins. How many drafts have you done on Yahoo so far? Um, almost all of my, obviously my fantasy portfolio is mostly on Yahoo. Mm-hmm. Um, I have multiple IDs going because I fill up one and I have to move on to another. So I'm going to end up, um, with, I think 18 fantasy teams overall Ooh. and 14 of those are going to be, um, no, 13 of those are going to be on Yahoo. The others are going to be, the others all have like really impossible to express scoring systems, league settings. They're like, you know, crazy dynasty leagues that no one should build the fantasy product to support. And yet like MFL does. So they're, they're all like, they're all on, they're all at MFL and they're, they usually involve Chris Harris, who is a great fantasy commissioner and is also needlessly complicated in every aspect of his life. And so his (laughs) fantasy leagues are, are just insane, right? Like, I don't know. We just had an auction the other night with, our, our salary cap is like a thousand six dollars and seventy cents or something like that. It's ridiculous. Excellent. We have holdouts, transition tags. We have everything. How long have you worked for Yahoo? I've worked for Yahoo for um, ten and a half years. Yep. Okay, so you were there. Were you there with Harmon, or was he gone by the time you started? Harmon had just left. Um, Chris Harris had just left. He'd been there for a year and just left. Harmon had left. Um, yeah, I I was. Uh, you know, I, I was I was the guy to replace um, a couple of legends. Got it. All right. I haven't talked. Harmon is actually doing um, Mike Harmon, who was my colleague at Fox. Everybody, he he's doing this. He's doing radio in L.A. this morning. He's in, he and his and Jason Smith are in for Dan Patrick again. So I got to give Harmon grief about being such a he's a he's big. Oh fan wow! Yeah. Shout out to him. I I saw him at the last uh, FSTA, and it was cool to it's cool to catch up with him. Nice guy. Yeah, f- f- from hang, from doing podcasts with me that you know four people <laughs> listen to. <laughs> he's replacing Dan Patrick. <laughs> awesome. All right. He might, he might Wally Pip Dan Patrick. I mean, really, that would be. I, I got to check in with him. See how he's doing with that. All right. Uh, next on the Juggernaut Index is the Bucks. Bucks number nine. Who would have thought two years ago that the Bucks could be number nine on this list for fans? Seriously, purposes, I know. Right? I know. Um, Jameis Winston is, as you noted, um, you know, there's turnovers and he throws downfield. You know, the the gunslinger aspect to Jameis Winston um, may not make his coach happy all the time. But as fantasy owners, he's going downfield. We're happy about it, right? Yeah, um, I've I've always going back to um, his final collegiate season. I feel like I always get myself into because obviously Jameis, um, Jameis himself, and Florida State, they have um, you know wonderful fans who are super dedicated to their team and their players, and they will fight you to the death <laughs> if they perceive any slight whatsoever to their players and. 
you know, so I've, I feel like I've gotten in skirmishes over the years with, uh, with some of the, the Jameis fetishists, right. <laughs> but he's not, it turns out he's not a totally perfect player. That's okay. He's, he's really young, right? Like he's younger by far than Carson Wentz. He might be younger than Mitch Trubisky. Um, or he's just about the same age. Like he's really young. He's been in the league a couple of years. He's still really young. Um, he is, you know, it's not flawless. It's not always a quarterbacking clinic. Accuracy has been an issue in a couple of ways. Like oftentimes he'll complete a pass, but the ball placement isn't, you know, like elite level NFL passer quality. And I mean, the interceptions, especially like, man, that final collegiate season was weird because it seemed like he was just sleepwalking through the first half of so many games. He'd throw multiple picks and then they'd, you know, and then the real Jameis would show up in the second half quite often. Um, but, the, you know, this has been a turnover-prone quarterback. And, heck, we just talked about Andy Dalton shedding his um, interception tendencies after, like, four years in the league. And that could very well happen to Jameis. Again, he's still a very young player. Um, he, too, surrounded by um, excellent weapons now. Now we have two, like, legit – I don't know if this is the best receiving duo in the NFL, but it's – you you can't have the conversation without Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson, right? That's a really right. good group. Um, and the tight ends are really good. Um, I've seen, you know, it's just off season, random, like bold prediction, speculation type stuff. But I, I'd seen people say Jameis has an outside shot at 5,000 yards. Um, I don't, I can't get on board with that, right? Like J Jameis is going to have to be fundamentally different. Even with these receivers, he's going to have to be fundamentally different if that's going to happen. He's going to, you know, that that's going to require at least some level of accuracy that he hasn't displayed in the NFL just yet. I, I'd just like to see Jameis make a leap in terms of, you know, reducing the interception rate, um, making full use of the weapons he's got. I think, I think maybe his best gift is that he's just such a quick processor, you know, like I feel like he just, he sees that, you know, sometimes you, I don't know, you can, you can play it, pick up basketball and you can experience this with guys who are like really good, right? They just experience things like a beat faster than everybody else. I think right. Jameis has that. Um, and I, I think he's got some work to do in terms of accuracy and occasionally almost too much confidence in himself. Um, but I think, you know, I think he has some of those intangible qualities that make great quarterbacks and man, um, these weapons are, are just really good. They are really good. Um, where do you have him ranked at quarterback? I, th this is where I also get myself in trouble because I'm not, again, not paying the expectant price on Jameis. I see him go routinely where I kind of feel like Andy Dalton ought to go, you know, as yeah. I still drafting him as like the, you know, seven, eight, nine quarterback off the board. And I've got him just outside the top 10. Um, he's in a great situation. He, he needs to make a, a leap in terms of his own quality of play before I'm willing to put him, you know, I'm not, I'm not banking on all those rushing touchdowns that he had from his rookie year because he's not really a special runner. He just, no. you know, he sees things um, clearer than most players on the field. And so he has some found opportunities there, but he's not, you know, he's not a special runner by any means. Um, so I'm, I'm trying not to bank on that. I, I do think he can come in 28 to 32 touchdowns, maybe in a healthy season. I think there's going to be a lot of negative plays too. Um, and I just, I don't give him numbers that are appreciably better than what I give Dalton. And I think there's going to be far fewer negative plays for Andy Dalton. So I'm, I'm not quite top 10 on Jameis. Uh, obviously I still think he's an ownable quarterback. I, I still think even in a 10-team, 12-team league, he's somebody who's going to be on every roster. I, I'm fully on board with that. But I'm not one of these people who's drafting him, you know, ahead of Cousins, Dalton, um, you know, Mariota, like some of these other guys that are just 
and it's an interesting conversation when we get to like Andrew Luck. Um, yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be available. I don't know what he looks like when he finally comes back. Like that's about the line for me with Jameis right in that 11, 12, 13 range. Okay. Yeah. I, Jameis, it's weird. I like, I actually have him at number nine, but he's not a guy I feel like I'm going to own. Because yeah. I'm finding guys a little later that I think the value is better. It's, it's a deep tier, right? Like once you get to like QB eight or nine, um, that tier extends down to, you know, in my mind, it extends down to like Carson Palmer, who is, you know, almost at 20. So it's, it's just give me give me whoever falls my way at that point. All right. Um, next. Uh, so you mentioned Deshaun Jackson. Speaking of guy, guy that's a guy I never own. <laughs> I like him. You have, as, to, you have to either be all in on, on DJX or, or entirely out. Yeah. I like him as a real player, as a fantasy player. He is just, he's maddening because it's <laughs> complete boomer bust, you know? And I look, yeah. I'm looking at his stats and I see some years here, a lot of years with, you know, five years over a thousand yards, but, but the years he's over a thousand yards reception, 63, 47, already had an 82, 56, last year, 56 for a thousand five. Like, come on. I, cause, cause now I know there's going to be games where he goes one for eight. And he's going to drive oh, you crazy. Yeah. Um, so now that he's in Tampa, do you think the effect on Mike Evans is to – Deshaun probably takes some targets from Mike Evans. But he probably makes the, the, the effect of Mike Evans' targets – he probably increases the value of them because he's going to have to draw coverage away, right? Right. Do, do you think – is this a net positive or a net negative or neutral for Mike Evans? Um, this, so this is a, this is a really good question. I, I don't think that, um, yeah, obviously Deshaun Jackson, his whole career has been, you know, I think it's three separate seasons that he's led the NFL in yards per catch. He's like a low volume receiver who still, because everything is like 17, 18, 19 yards, you know, puts up big yardage totals. Um, you, it's not a guy that you can just, um, there are very few corners in the league who, who can just, you know, single cover Deshaun Jackson, full game, no problem. Um, <laughs> you know, like right. you need help that like safeties have to be aware of where Deshaun Jackson is. He, um, he extends the surface area that defenses have to account for in ways that very few players in the NFL do. So I think that alone is a net positive, not that defenses can forget about Mike Evans either. Right. Because he's a guy who's so just physically dominant mm -hmm. that you can be in his Jersey and he's still open. Um, cause he has, you know, six inches on you and he's much stronger than you, <laughs> you know, he's just a yeah. gigantic human being. Um, so he, he requires that level of special attention too. Um, I think this is all a good thing for the tight ends in Tampa. I think it helps, um, the running game perhaps in no small way. My biggest concern with Mike Evans is it was last year, and I don't normally like to be like the arbitrary endpoint guy where, where oh, if we look at his last three games, here's what he did. Um, the last, the back half of Tampa Bay's season, Evans just simply didn't get the ball at the same rate that he did in the first half of their season. Right. And th that's almost a greater worry for me. So he, he basically comes in right around 170 targets last year. A hundred of those targets were in the first eight games and like 70 or 72, something like that was in the, was in the back half. Um, but they tried to run if, more, right? Yes. And so the run pass mix changes a little bit, you know, they're super comfortable throwing a Cameron Bray. They find some other weapons. Um, if the back half of last season is really what the volume is for Mike Evans going forward, he's still a wide receiver one. He's probably not wide receiver four or five overall. Um, that's, that's why you kind of like that. You look at AJ green and Evans and there's a pretty clear line of demarcation for you. 
Yes, there is. Um, I, you know, I still have Evans as my wide receiver five. There's a, you know, I feel like his floor is very high. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine a season in which Mike Evans, if he stays healthy, still isn't a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. So that sort of floor matters a lot to me in my ranks. Um, but if he's merely, merely, you know, 140 targets is a lot of targets, but if it's 140 instead of like 180, <laughs> you know, it that's matters. a thing. That's, yeah. a, that's a big thing. And, and we know that Deshaun Jackson, um, even though he doesn't need extreme volume, is is really noisy. And um, you hear about it after Deshaun Jackson sees only three targets. Right. <laughs> so he, like he's for sure going to see 100 targets this year. Um, and and some of that comes at the expense of Mike Evans. So I do worry a little bit. Yeah, right. I, I will say you mentioned the tight ends, the, the most interest i think the most interesting thing that i've let's say learned from people over the summer and talking to them about the bucks when they drafted oj howard i thought wow what a great weapon for Jameis!" and mm-hmm. so many people have said to me the problem with oj howard is that he's too good of a blocker and that's going to leave that's going to make them leave him into block and send braid out on routes and that's that's such an interesting i i, I never thought for a second about that when they drafted him yeah tight i mean t- tight end especially with young tight ends it can just be the whole position is such a minefield so often right like um there's almost hunter henry did it last year Gronk did it back in the day, but there's there's almost no history of first year tight ends making any sort of fantasy splash. It's right. extremely rare. Um, it is a you know, there's no two ways of you're in like you're part of two position groups, right? You're essentially if you're any good as a blocker at all, you're essentially a member of the offensive line. You're also a member of the receiving core. It is just a different learning curve. And that's why it's one of those positions where sometimes Sometimes guys don't even pop until they're like on their second contract, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So first year guys, second year guys, there's such a there's such a poor record of performance. Um, they all come into the league as such phenomenal athletes that we still recommend them. Right? Like it's hard. I don't know. I like David Njoku was a seven foot high jumper in high school. He's an incredible athlete. Right. He's like a superhero. I, I find it difficult not to be kind of interested in Njoku, Ingram, Howard. They're really good. And then Howard has the, this extra dimension of of being probably. Um, is going to be into block a lot, right? He's going he's, he's to be a good run blocker for that team. Um, they're going to have two tight ends on the field a lot, but then we also have the fact that Jameis and Bray were wonderful together yes. last year. Um, Jameis has full trust in Cameron Braid. He was a great red zone weapon for him, led the position in touchdowns. Um, there's no reason to think that Jameis is going to stop looking to something that worked for him as a second-year quarterback, right? Like, Braid's not going away. Uh, it makes perfect sense. I agree. Um, all right, the running backs. Based on their ADP and looking, like I said, I'm looking at MFL right now. Doug Martin is the 25th running back off the board. So that's appalling. <laughs> Can I just stop, stop right there? Like, that's appalling. Um, I, he's been bad in three of the last four years. Um, he was bad last year. I appreciate that Doug Martin, you know, saying a lot of the right things, um, maybe cleaning up some aspects of his of his personal nutrition and his personal life. That's all good. Happy for him. Um, It's been a good preseason for him. He I mean, he's going to miss three games. So Mm -hmm. number one, that's an eternity Um, for a guy who has been not good 
um, like repeatedly over the years. Um, missing three games is a very long time. Uh, so he can't help you in September. That's, that's one knock against him. And number two, like they've already said when he comes back, he's not guaranteed a full workload. He doesn't necessarily slide in as a guy who's just getting 25 touches a game. Um, I don't think Jacquez Rogers is super special, but he's competent. He was, he was good in over multiple games last year, had a few, had a couple hundred yard games. Um, you can, you can keep the offense humming with Jacquez Rogers there. It sure seems like Charles Sims is healthy now and ready to return to a role in which he had actually a thousand scrimmage yards just a couple of years ago. Yeah. So a lot of that, a lot of that third down passing down four minute offense stuff is, is perhaps off the table. I just can't, I mean, man, I've seen Doug Martin go like fourth, fifth round and I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, he's not, it's not like waiting for Zeke. He's not at that level. I granted like two years ago really happened. He was great in 2015. He was great as a rookie. He's, he's been, you know, he was untouchable last year. He was toxic last year, less than three yards of carry. Um, so I just, I'm, I'm shocked by the Doug Martin price. I am legit shocked by it. Okay. What about the Jaquiz Rogers price, which is let's say round 12, are you interested or would you kind of, you know, I mean, do you shrug your shoulders and take him? I mean, there's, there's, Um, there's upside there. It's not five yards of carry upside, but it's volume. Yeah, I, I, I do take him. I, that's a guy that I own, you know, the the two guys that I own from this backfield and maybe it can be perceived as just a fade of Doug Martin, but the two guys I I have owned have been Rogers and, uh, Charles, I've picked up Charles Sims in a couple of leagues that drafted forever ago. Um, but one, because I think Sims has an easy route to 50 catches and Rogers has three weeks in which there's really no one challenging him. Um, and the bucks were totally willing to give him the ball 30 times a game last year when he was, <laughs> when he was the featured right. runner. Right. So like in leagues where, um, in leagues where I do draft Zeke, I'm all about Jack was Rogers for three weeks of the season. And then I can figure it out thereafter. All right, everybody. The, the future of fantasy sports is here. Fantrax.com is is one of our sponsors today. Fantrax.com is the first fantasy site built by fans for fans. If you've ever wanted a league rule that you couldn't have in your current league platform, Fantrax has you covered. It's got the industry's most customizable commissioner league manager products, all backed up by fast, friendly customer service aimed at providing you with an unrivaled fantasy experience. As your one-stop shop for fantasy sports, Fantrax also offers a wide variety of cash games, all with the highest payouts you'll find anywhere. With the 2017 football season fast approaching, Rotowire has teamed up with Fantrax to offer NFL and college football leagues featuring great prizes and lots of fun. As I've said this week, I did a college draft on Fantrax on Sunday night, and it was pretty smooth. To join us, just go to the Fantrax blog and click the games link from NFL and college football to NHL, NBA, MLB, NASCAR, EPL, and golf. Moving all of your fantasy leagues to Fantrax just makes sense. Join the fantasy revolution at Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Okay. Um, your juggernaut index number 10. And this is the last one we'll cover today. Everybody remember you've got right now 32 to eight are up, right? So that leaves now. me with a lot of work to do by no the way, kidding. between now and the end of the season, but um, eight, eight days till kickoff, seven more juggernaut indexes, indices, yeah. whatever you want to call them for Andy to do. Sh- shouldn't be a problem. No. <laughs> um, Raiders number 10 to Derek Carr. Derek Carr is really good last year. And I like him. I have him ranked high. I mean, you know, good offense, good line, good receivers, all good. And look at his yards per attempt, and it's 7.0 for two years in a row. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's warts here, right? 
there, there are, I will, I will say with Derek Carr, um, and this was a, this was an easy point to hammer home after his first season where he was like a Jared Goff, like five and a half yards per attempt. I thought it was low five, something like that it was terrible. Um, there has been a steady year to year, um, just every, almost every rate has gotten better for Derek Carr in each year that he's been in the league, right? The completion percentage is climbing steadily. Um, I, I think he cut his interceptions in half last year, right? So he kind of that Dalton thing, right? He was throwing like 12, 13 interceptions a year. And then last year, what was it? It's like six, seven. Um, th- these are good signs. He's already, he's already thrown 30 touchdowns in a season. Yep. Probably would have come in around that last year were it not for the injury. Um, it's a really good offensive line. You know, the Ra- the Raiders have gone from like a three win team to a, to a postseason team. I mean, everything, everything is trending the right direction. The, the adjusted yards per attempt ha- has been better. Um, so it's like, as a fantasy concern, it's, it's notable, um, that the yards per attempt is still only sort of league average ish, but it's not as long as everything else is trending in the right direction. You know, it doesn't it's not a cause for great concern for me because nobody plays in a YPA, you know, right? Like that's not it's not actually until it's a fantasy stat. I'm not going to get I'm not going to get super obsessive with it. I mean, the volume's high enough. So you're good. You're good. Okay, I'm fine. And the uh, the receivers obviously are so good. Yes. Like this is another team where I don't know if they have the league's best receivers, but you can't again, you can't have this conversation without the without Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. All right. So speaking of those guys, the. I think the the most if you're if you're an Amari Cooper booster, your your favorite quote of the summer was from Derek Carr, something to the effect of you know the 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 basically what is it the dog's coming out the dog is coming out at him yeah and you go yeah that's what I want to hear is the dog coming out enough Derek that you're going to throw to Amari Cooper in the red zone. Yeah, that's the thing. That's not, you know, that's not entirely within Amari Cooper's control, right? <laughs> right? Like he's been, this is more on Derek Carr than it is on Amari Cooper, I think. Um, Michael Crabtree has dominated um, red zone. Like as they get closer and closer to the end zone, Michael Crabtree becomes more and more important for this team. He's, he is the guy that they throw to inside the 10 yard line. Um, when Cooper, like Cooper had a really good rookie season. He saw zero targets inside the 10 yard line as a rookie. I think it was seven last year um, that like they trust him a little, but that is an area owned by Crabtree. Crabtree ends up with, you know, more targets over full seasons than Cooper. They're, they're both really good. But I, I do think that we have to accept that um, there's no obvious reason why this would flip. I don't like why would this change? Right. Um, we hope it will. The, we we can hope, and we certainly draft these players as if um, Amari Cooper, who is clearly an ascending player, very young. What is he like? Twenty three this year, right? He like crazy young. Um, th- why would they do anything different? Um, Crabtree is still presumably as effective as he was last year. It worked for them. They won. They won twelve games um, throwing to Michael Crabtree in the red zone last year, and, and I, stupid I just stupid Seth Roberts too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just I don't I don't see why this will flip exactly. Um, I, <laughs> like I like Amari Cooper, but I don't I think it is very much within the realm of possibility that he just gives you another 80 catch, 1100 yard, you know, six, seven touchdown season. That, that would be good. That Like that's a really good season for a for a 23 year old player. Um, I don't I, I have seen him drafted in places where, man, he's he's going to have to see 
35, 40 more targets. He's, they're going to have to be, you know, red zone targets I, where all kinds of things are going to have to change in order for him to justify, um, you know, mid second round ADP. I can't, I can't pull that trigger. So that is a guy that I don't own yet and I don't anticipate owning. And yet I think is a really good player. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's weird because you look at that and you say, well, I mean, could he, could he catch, you know, is he good enough that, hey, things might change and he could catch 10, 12 touchdowns. Well, sure. But like you said, we don't have reason to believe it other than he's really good. Yeah. I mean, I, it, would, it would, certainly wouldn't shock me. Um, Michael Crabtree saw 145 targets last year. That was 13 more than Amari Cooper. Crabtree saw more targets the year before. Um, like they're, it's working. I don't know. It's know. What, what they have is working. And I never expect a team to completely flip something that is already um, working at a very high level for them. All right. So back to one of the players I talk about too much. <laughs> um, uh, some of your colleagues have been on here with me over the summer. You're the last one, by the way. Um, and I think so it's it was, good. I feel you should build to me. <laughs> um, Scott Pianowski, I think, was the one who we, we basically sat here. You know, when when you see people on TV and uh, I don't want to get political, but you see people are talking in an echo chamber where they basically <laughs> reaffirm each other, everything the other person yes. says. And we're sitting there going, why, why are people drafting Marshawn Lentz in round three? I don't know. Me neither. This is, what is, this is stupid. You don't seem as down on Marshawn Lynch. I mean, you know, the whole the argument for me, he didn't play last year. He's older. The year before, he wasn't that great either. You don't seem to, you know, you, you think the path is there with the line and the opportunity for him, I think. Talk me, try to talk me into Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I, I will say this. Well, I, this is not going to be me talking you into Marshawn Lynch because this is one of those players who, as a again, as a practical matter, I always seem to veer away to another position when he is the next name on my <laughs> on my running back draft board. I always find a reason to to go get a receiver at that point or I'm, I start looking at the tight end cheat sheet, right? Like I'm I. I get it. Um, he was not he, he was not an efficient runner two years ago. He was injured. Um, the wheels began to come off for him in a big way. And then, of course, he hasn't like we act like it's no big deal that he or that it's refreshing somehow to not train um, for a, a year. Not that he wasn't, you know, not that he wasn't working out, but he certainly wasn't training at the level of that we would expect from an NFL athlete. Right. So that year off, I would never expect to be a good thing, um, or replenishing year. <laughs> like I doubt it, you know, um, all that said, this is a very good offensive line. Um, Latavius Murray, who I have, who I do not hold in high regard as a runner, um, still put up four yards per carry and like a dozen touchdowns last year because it's a good offense. It's a high scoring offense. It's a very good line. Um, you know, so when I, when I try to come up with a full season value for Marshawn Lynch, I kind of talk myself into this idea that he's going to be 12 or 13 games. Um, in the best of those games, he's probably going to see, you know, 18 to 24 touches. They're going to score. There's, they are absolutely 100% going to feed him because that was the deal with Murray, right? Like huge volume when they got inside the 10, inside yep. the five in goal to go situations, he's just going to get huge volume. Um, so can Marshawn Lynch, get, like, I feel like the most likely scenario for Marshawn Lynch is a Jeremy Hill season where it ends up being 3.8 yards per carry. He, you know, there aren't a lot of wow runs and in the end it's nine or 10 touchdowns. Um, and nine or 10 touchdowns just there's no way that he's not a top 15 running back on nine or 10 touchdowns. And I, he's going to, it's going to take, uh, it's going to have to take like a significant injury, I think for him not to, not to sniff double digit scores. Okay. I, I think that's, that's fair. 
And you know, he, doesn't, it, but he doesn't, doesn't have to be a good running back to be a good fantasy, to be a top 20 fantasy running back. Right. That's that's where I'm at with him. Uh, all that being said, I would rather own the good running back in, in a good yeah. situation. Like I'm not I'm not anticipating that Marshawn Lynch is going to look like vintage Marshawn Lynch. I just think that the path to a huge touchdown total is is so clear. All right. So if if something bad were to befall Marshawn Lynch, who's who's the guy? Oh, yeah, this is a nasty one because this is one of those rare, like I'm not a big handcuff advocate, but when I when I happen to actually like the guy in the number two or the number three chair and or if I think they have a real shot at standalone value, I'll I'll get interested. Um, I, I think I think Richard is really good um, and I don't think he's the number two. Right. Like this kills me. I think um, I, I think it's a I think it's a job share between uh, Richard and uh, 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 Washington, DeAndre Washington, if uh, if if and when something happens to Lynch. Um, Washington is the guy with the straight line speed and Richard is the guy who like you would never, he would win every game of tag you ever played, right? It's just <laughs> impossible to get a hand on him. Um, and I, f- I think that guy would be really good if he fell into, um, you know, like a 15 to 20 touch role. He's, he's probably buried though. I mean, like yeah. not only does he have much to worry about, but then Washington would get, would probably get, I don't know, not quite two thirds of the carries, but I don't know, a sizable chunk of the carries. Um, so I like Richard's the guy, he's like my deepish league final round flyer, um, dollar guy in a deep auction. I, I just, I just like the talent and if he'll, I, you know, I'll probably end up dropping him early in the season cause Lynch won't get hurt early and there'll be no, you know, but I just, I just think the talent there were he to get into a, into a full-time role would be, I, man, I think that guy's really fun. Don't you hate when you, when you draft the guy and you hold him and then you drop him and then he does well. Yeah, that's the other. I know that I'm going to be writing about him in like a pickups column um, at some point in the season. I just don't know that it'll be practical to hold on to him until that point. Yeah, two years ago, I was in one of the um, the flex league drafts that Jake Seeley runs, and and I think in round eleven I picked David Johnson, and then about week nine I went, <sighs> I can't hold him anymore. I, I know, I know. Like you can't that that year you couldn't bang. Okay, fine. He's going to have return touchdowns. That's not something I can bet on each week. I mean, he was like a four touch a game guy yeah. who happened to be scoring all the time. And you're like, well, too bad. This isn't going to last. And then right. boom. <laughs> it, it was. I don't know why they're not using him, but they're not. Yeah. And yeah. Then I hated my life at the end of the season. <laughs> All right, everybody, we recommend you go to fantasysportsmarkets.com. Fantasy Sports Markets has the best DFS contests available with cash awards and big bonus prizes every day. As always with Fantasy Sports Markets, there's no salary caps. You draft who you want on your roster. Try the free-to-enter preseason contest with the prize being a copy of Madden 18, but preseason, almost, you're almost done with that, so you're not going to be able to do that for too much longer. Register today. Enter the promo code ROTOWIRE to get $15 in promotional credit towards your contest entries. It's available to all U.S. residents. Go to fantasysportsmarkets.com today. All right. Um, I wanted to ask you your unpopular late round, let's say dart throws. You just mentioned one in Jalen Richard. Is he, is he your running back or is there another one? Yeah, I, I would say he's probably closer to that unpopular group, right? Like I think Washington is generally the guy that, uh, that people are on as the, if there is a handcuff there, I think people are more on Washington. Um, 
I think, oh, my dog is making her presence known. Sorry about that. Uh, um, it's me all you, the time. You, you book me for a podcast, you are getting my dog. Yeah. There's no like where <laughs> that's for sure a thing. Um, the, the other guy, and I, I think he's probably a little bit more popular would be, um, Marlon Mack. I like Marlon Mack a lot. Um, but on, on the one hand, you, you know, we look at the career of Frank Gore and, um, there, there is always somebody who's about to take over for Frank Gore. And most of those guys are now retired, dead, right? <laughs> like they're, you know, it's a long list and none of them have ever made it. Nobody's ever taken over for him. And it probably won't be Marlon Mack either, but but I, you know, that, that kid has had some really fun preseason moments, um, a very good collegiate player. And if, you know, in the unlikely event that Frank Gore is ever not a featured running back in the NFL, um, <laughs> like I think, I think Mac is a, is a, is a huge talent. All right. Um, anybody at wide receiver, Kenny Galladay is not allowed in this one too much. I, you know, yeah. You know, like that's, that's, it's almost funny that, um, the Galladay, hype has gotten exactly where it is because he hasn't really flashed to any great extent in the preseason. Like it's, it's super easy to talk yourself into, um, Galladay's role and there's nobody really ahead of him and nobody trusted Marvin Jones last year, but I don't know. I'd like to, I would, at some point I would like to see it. Um, if I, <laughs> if I'm going to be all in on, on Galladay, um, let me get, let me try to get a guy who is not, um, exceptionally popular. You know, you can run down the list of, I mean, Robbie Anderson is available for free. Mm -hmm. He's bad teams. Number one receiver, um, as a, as a, you know, number four, number five fantasy receiver, he would make a lot of sense to me. Um, and, but you know, I, you also have to kind of hold your nose and, and tell yourself, okay, I'm, I'm willing to take this one share of the jets offense, which is going to be awful. Um, I am, I am trying to talk myself into Kendall Wright a little bit as a PPR option. I don't, again, I don't think he's exceptional, but it's pretty clear that the Cameron Meredith, um, injury is, I don't know how many targets that is exactly. Is it a hundred? Is it 110? Yeah. At least a lot of targets up for grabs. They are not efficient targets. It is not a good team. Um, <laughs> But, you know, playing a PPR league where we're perhaps talking about an additional 20, 25 receptions for Kendall Wright and he's going to finish the year like 65, 70 catches. Um, probably not a lot of touchdowns, probably not a particularly exciting season, but in certain formats that matters a lot. OK, so does Yahoo only hire Bears fans? <laughs> it would appear so. Um, you, Liz, Brad, I know Harmon. We talked about Harmon earlier. He's a Bears fan. I mean, it's. It's really interesting because there's not it's, that many of you to spread right. out that spread the wealth on that. I know, I know. Um, Liz was uh, Liz is more like citizen of the world, right? She's um, ta she's talking herself into the Rams. Yes, she is. Um, we already have, you know, we are we already have a couple of Bears fans on staff, so I think she's trying to um, distinguish herself with uh, irrational Rams fandom. <laughs> All right, let tight end. I got what. Speaking of the Jets offense. Oh man, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to go. I like that's another guy where I like I really like the comeback story there. And I hope that is a real thing. But I can't I can't recommend Robbie Anderson and then come right back with another Jets receiver because there's no way they're producing two Ooh. ownable, startable fantasy receivers. Um, if we go a little bit higher in the ranks and I don't want to like this is something that your audience obviously knows Austin Hooper really well. I don't need to talk you into it. Um He's like 35% owned in Yahoo leagues. Um, I, I feel like the, the, the standard Yahoo player is not that familiar with Hooper. Um, there's, there's nobody else in Atlanta. It is a really good passing offense. I'm not saying that he's going to get a thousand yards. I'm not saying that he's going to, you know, he's not, he's not a 130 target tight end necessarily, 
but that guy is going to have a lot of 60 yard one touchdown games, I think. Um, and there is a, there is a real route here for eight touchdowns on the season. Um, 750, 800 yards, numbers like that almost always land a tight end inside the top six at the position. Um, so I, I think there's a real chance that Austin Hooper finishes as an every, like by the end of the season, we're just talking about him as an every week starter. He, he, I gotta tell you it. So we've been doing this since mid July. He has been one of those, one of the most popular names that I've heard. It was interesting because coming into it, I kind of thought I, I, you know, he, he was on my radar, but I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. And I feel like too, too many smart people are talking about him for me to ignore him. Yeah. And I listen at 35% Yahoo ownership, that kind of actually indicates that, um, deep leaguers are all over him and you can't just run out and, and grab him in, in too many super competitive leagues, but man, casual players are not on that guy at all. And I feel like it's a, it's probably the fault of our pre-rankings more than anything, but, uh, uh, like that guy's good. He's, you know, he's got a season under his belt. He was really good in the Super Bowl, um, that game that all Atlanta fans I'm sure want to forget, but he was really good. He was like the team's leading receiver. We can debate whether they should have thrown to him more than Julio Jones, but um, he <laughs> like he was the team's leading receiver in the Super Bowl. All right, um, yeah, he's and and you can find an argument for every basically after Gronk, Kelsey, and and maybe Olson, you can find an argument against every tight end. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, everybody, listeners to this podcast can get a free ten day RotoWire trial at RotoWire.com/pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out almost all the features on the site. Check it out, rotowire.com/pod. All right, so any uh, you got the juggernauts? You're through number eight, so seven is coming when? Uh, seven is coming either tonight or tomorrow morning because I have no choice. <laughs> can, you, can you tell us who it is? Can, can you sneak peek it? Um, I can sneak peek um, just this one um, where I'm going to be writing the Saints. Um, Saints Saints are always so different. Like arguably uh, they could be at the very top of the list because it's just a, a yardage machine, right? It's a yardage and points machine. It's, it's always so murky. Um, cause it's like Drew Brees is the only really safe way to invest in this offense traditionally. And then everybody else is, is super complicated, right? There's so many receivers here. It's a nightmarish backfield and the teams that end up at the very top of the juggernaut index have clear hierarchies, right? Like we, they're not only elite offenses, but we know where all the numbers are going to go. Yeah. Someone, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, um, one of Mario Puig, my, one of my colleagues, we were talking about the Saints, and he brought up Devery Henderson and Robert Meacham, which gave you Saints nightmares. <laughs> I know. It just gives you chills. I know. I know. All, right. all right. Andy, thank you so much. Good luck not sleeping through the start of the regular season <laughs> and, and all the drafts that you have left. Everybody, if you like our podcast, please leave us a review and a rating. We would really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Road to Our Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next one's coming up on Thursday, uh, leading you into week four of the preseason when nobody will play. So please check back. Ben, if you have draft this weekend, we'll be happy to help. For Andy Barron, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.